0: This message is brought to you by 12 Stone Church. Please enjoy worship as Pastor Kevin Myers delivers the Christmas Eve message entitled Celebrate the Tradition of Hope. Please enjoy and Merry Christmas. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas.
1: Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color?
0: Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. Merry Christmas, and you filthy animal. animal. Every who out in Hoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch did not. Silver Bell,
1: Silver bells. Christmas all about in the city. Fragile, it must be
0: Italian. Ringing, I think that fragile. Hear them ring. I believe. Soon it will be Christmas. Christmas time is deeply moving for most, if not all of us. And it takes us back to the story of of God's love. Now, some of us might be spiritually unresolved when it comes to the person of Jesus Christ or, or what he did for us at Christmas. And that's where Greg Perry found himself a couple of years ago when he attended 12 Stone during the At the Movies series, much like the series we just finished. And you're going to hear Greg tell his story a little bit later in our time. And it's, it's just, it's a really good story. So Christmas is deeply moving because it takes us back to the story of God's love. And, and Christmas is deeply moving because it takes us back to family and to, to memory making. And some of that memory making is done through enjoying uh, Christmas movies and TV shows. And my son, Jada, and my 15-year-old this past week made a list of all the Christmas shows we have to watch over the Christmas season. And, and I mean, that list ended up being long. I mean, I'm like, dude, we're, we're going to have to binge watch for hours to catch up on all of that. So I'm just curious, what's on your list? Like what show? And I don't want to know your whole list. I just want to know one. Okay? So here across campuses, I just want you to hear, like, I want to hear from you. What's near the top of your list? So on the count of three, I want you to kind of loud and proud yell out the one you love to watch as a person or a family. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Good choice. I heard them all. (laughs) When I was growing up uh, young in that er early kind of elementary season... Uh, one of our family's favorite was uh, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. I mean, we, we had to get that in. And in, in the late 60s, when we watched that, uh, that was done on a TV that looked more like this. <laughs> now some of you don't know what these are, but I'll explain it to you. These are antennas, often called rabbit ears. In fact, sometimes we had to put tinfoil on them to help better the reception. <laughs> some people remember that. And while technology has improved, the the, the meaning and the and the memory-making is still deeply powerful. See, those Christmas shows tap into what's already deep inside us. And that is hope. Everybody say that word with me. The word is what? Hope. Yeah. See, it's, it's a powerful influence in at least these three ways. First, hope's anticipation. In fact, we'll put them on the screen. You can jot them down in your notes if you want. Hope's anticipation. Hope for better. And hope for home. Hope's anticipation as in we anticipate good coming ahead of us. Hope for better because we, we, we hope that our marriage can get better. We, we, we hope relationships can get better. We, we hope for better in life. It, it, it can go beyond where it is right now. Hope for home as in the place you belong. You want that place where it's safe and authentic and, and real. You know, real, real relationship. And so it's, it's those Christmas stories that come together and God knit them in us. And every, every story borrows from that hope. And so this classic Christmas living room is iconic because this is where we connect in relationship with friends and family this is this is where we put up the tree and decorate it this is where we set up the the nativity scene this is where we read the story of Jesus together this is this is where we set up the stockings this is where we sip hot chocolate this is where we this is where we watch the shows together so let's sit back shall we and let's Let's lean into this old TV and some of the Christmas shows and see if we can't learn something a little bit more about Christmas hope.
1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, charlie brown i can tell you what christmas is all about merry christmas uncle uh, humbug. if i woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet i wouldn't be more surprised than i am right now the grinch hated christmas the whole christmas season what is it you want
0: barry now please don't ask why no one quite knows
1: the reason you you want the moon just say the word and i'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down Whoa! I'm the Grinch that stole Christmas.
0: teacher says, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Happy holiday. That's what Christmas is all
1: about, Charlie Brown.
0: All of those stories borrow from the original, the real Christmas story. As with Christ of Christmas, Merry Christmas is all about hope. First, hope's anticipation. No other holiday has such a long lead-up. Why? Because anticipation is a part of what makes Christmas special. Anticipation is central to Christmas. Think about it. Christmas gets another day that's practically a holiday all its own. The day before, called Christmas Eve, in storybook form, it's become iconic. How many of you have ever read Twas the Night Before Christmas? Let's take a moment and get in that book and remember. This was one of our family's favorite stories. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes. There's that word, hope. Hope that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Soon. That's called anticipation. I knew that anticipation growing up in the winters of Michigan. That's when I found it hard to sleep as a kid on Christmas Eve in hopes of this G.I. Joe Jeep with bazooka and searchlight. mm, Still kind of stirs me emotionally. And that kind of anticipation dominated the original Christmas story. It was generations of anticipation. The Old Testament is full of prophecies about the coming Messiah, our Savior. We find those in places like the book of Isaiah. Let me read from Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. A promise made 700 years before the birth of Jesus by the prophet Isaiah, anticipated by prophets and all of Israel. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, anticipated for hundreds of years. But hope is more than anticipation. Secondly, it's hope for better. Something deep inside us hopes for better, not just more, but better. We anticipate a job promotion, but what we really hope is that it will be better, more satisfying, make a better impact, provide a better life for ourselves, for our family, that we hope our fitness efforts will provide better health. We hope that our friendships will get better, that marriage will get better, that our relationship with the kids or our parents or siblings will get better. We hope that our recurring sense of aloneness will get better. We hope the emptiness that comes after the temporary high of the holidays will get better. Because we don't merely hope for more than we have now, we we hope for better than we have now. We endure the commercialization and chaos of Christmas and we like being consumers a little bit, but after a while, just more of the same can get hollow. So real hope, hopes for better. It's why things like Charlie Brown's Christmas endure. Linus answers the age-old question. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about?
1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please.
0: He shall find the babe wrapped in
1: swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
0: And we often translate Luke 2 into a scene like this. Many of us have one of these as a part of our Christmas decor in our homes. And this simple nativity set represents true hope. The promise that there is something deeper in all this Christmas stuff. That in fact, there is a better life. That things can change for the better. That we can change for the better. And when we see the transformation of the human heart, even in a Christmas show, it stirs something deep in us. You might remember this.
1: Merry Christmas, Uncle.
0: God save you.
1: Ah, uh, humbug. Christmas humbug? Uncle, you don't mean that. Merry Christmas. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right of you to be so dismal, you're rich enough? What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not a penny richer?
0: You will be haunted by three spins.
1: I'd rather not. To Mr.
0: Scrooge, the founder
1: of our feast, I'll drink his health for your sake, and the days, not for his. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or shadows of things that may be? No! I'm not the man I was! Spirit! Spirit, to show me that I may change these shadows you've showed me! Change them by an altered life! still here. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Good morning, sir. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, sir. Happy holiday. Uncle Scrooge. Well, bless my soul. I've come to dinner. If you'll have Of course, Uncle. Welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas. This is my Uncle. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did all that he said
0: he would, and more. And to our tiny Tim, who got well, Scrooge was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. We all smile a bit at Scrooge's transformation. Or maybe for some of you, it's the transformation of George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Hey, George! George! George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? You kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. Bert, what
0: do you know about that? Merry Christmas! In jail. toast <laughs> to my big brother George, the richest man in town. <laughs> when we see George Bailey's heartache turn to joy, it moves us. Or who could forget our favorite holiday shut-in, the Grinch?
1: And he slithered and slunk with a smile most unpleasant around each home, and he took every present. <laughs> Then the Grinch heard a sound rising over the snow. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought. Doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And then, well, in Whoville they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Ah 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 Inside, and I'm leaking. Oh,
0: Mack, I
1: love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's I'm beat it. On. Once okay, that makes us smile. But it moves us. Because who doesn't hope that we can change for the better? If it's possible for Scrooge or George or the Grinch to change, maybe we could too. And the true purpose of Jesus coming in the Nativity scene was to come and change our hearts. As if the Christmas stories of Scrooge or George or the Grinch are merely shadows of the true work God intends to do. The very promise from Ezekiel 36. Let me read it for us. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body And replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you. So Jesus came to earth to give us a better life. As he said in John 10.10, I've come so that you can have real and eternal life. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. And true hope of change For the better, doesn't have to be a fictional Christmas story. It can be your reality. And this better life is made possible by coming home. It's the third great truth about Christmas hope, the hope of home. Because we all know that Christmas is about coming home. Jake, our third child, is off at college 650 miles from home. And it won't feel like Christmas until he's home. Isn't that how it works for all of us? It doesn't feel like Christmas until so-and-so is home. Until we all gather together. The allure of home is powerful. Maybe that's why something happens deep inside us when we hear a few verses like this. Jesus came to earth to bring us home, back home to our Father in heaven. Now, many people in his day were confused about his purpose in coming to earth. And so he explained how we come back home to our Father in heaven through a story in Luke 15. And Jesus said, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger dismissed his father and left for a distant country. There he lived undisciplined and far from his father's values. He was wasting his life. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country, and he began to struggle. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, I'm going to go back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. So he got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, the father saw him and ran to him, embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech, Father, I've sinned. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is home. He was given up for dead. And now he's alive, given up for lost. And now he is found. And they began to celebrate. In this story, Jesus was telling us our story. An earthly story that applies to our spiritual relationship with God our Father. How we have treated our Heavenly Father, and yet how much our Father loves us. So we need to know three things. One, we left home. That's what it means when we sin. We dismiss God's ways and go our own way. Two, we got lost. We think sin is fun, a fun way of life. But in time, we end up spiritually starving, empty in our soul. And like the son in Jesus' story, if we will come to our senses, then number three, we can come home. Our heavenly father misses us. He would forgive us and restore us if we just come to our senses, confess our sin, and come home. Jesus came to cover our sin debt and restores us to our home with God. And Christmas 2018 could be the year you come home, the day you admit that you have left your father in heaven and gone your own way the day you confess that you are spiritually lost, you are far from God, and you accept the invitation of your Heavenly Father to come home, to humble yourself, confess that you have sinned against Him, and though not worthy to be called His son or daughter, yet He sent Jesus to forgive your sin and restore you to your original home. You can come home and be reunited with your Heavenly Father, and God will change your heart. This is how you get God's better life. It's nothing we have done, it's what he has done for us. But we have to believe and receive. If we were to summarize all this in a prayer, it could look like this. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me, and I admit that I have gone my own way, but today I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me by the sacrifice of Jesus and change my heart. Give me the hope of eternal life, as today I come home to you. Thank you for this gift of Christmas. Help me to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so that's what Greg did. I mentioned him at the front part of our talk that we'd hear from him a little bit later. He'd tell his story to us. But Greg, Greg came back home really early on for Greg as a uh, assistant chief of police in the city of Snellville. uh, He was hired to help out the 12 Stone Snellville campus when we launched and and he, you know, he, he helped with the police trafficking and the security, but this church thing was not a part of his life. Nah, I don't do church, and I'm my own man. You know, I don't, I don't need God. I'm good. So, so now he's stuck at the church thing, and he's sitting during the services because he's paid to be there. <laughs> and God's messing with him. I and mean, God's stirring things in him, and God's waking Greg up to his... Spiritual reality. I mean, Greg was so moved in that time. He told his wife, Katie, you got to come back with me. And Becca, his daughter, you got to come back with me. And he came to realize that he was like the lost son in the Luke 15 story. And, and that God loved him so deeply that he was offering him forgiveness. And offering him restoration. And offering him meaning in life here and now. But, but offering him eternal life. Heaven. And so Greg humbled himself. I mean, in Greg's own words, he surrendered. That's a really big deal. Finally surrendered to God. And was soon baptized and along with his, his wife and his daughter. And he, 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 he transformed his life. His marriage, his family, his work, his, his purpose in life. And, 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 and beyond that, the influence is, is greater. Literally, literally, last weekend, last weekend, another police officer in Snellville came to faith in Jesus and was baptized. And, and when she was asked, why? What motivated you? What, what drew you in? She pointed literally at Greg, and said, well, him. I watched him change, and I said, this is real. And that offer was more than just to Greg or his wife or his daughter or this other officer. This offer is to all of us. You can spiritually come home. Christmas 2018, t- today, this, this can be your spiritual birthday. And we're going to have a moment for that. But first, listen to Greg's story.
1: Hey, I'm Greg, and uh, this is my wife, Katie. We have a, a daughter, Rebecca, and we've been going to 12 Stone for... Uh, a little over two years. It basically started where, at the time, 12 Stone was moving into Snellville. I, I don't even think I believed I, I needed a church home. I wasn't looking for one. It wasn't something that I, that I did. Uh, I didn't go to church. I don't think that I had any kind of personal relationship with God. My, I mean, it was very casual. 12 Stone is going to need officers scheduled with, uh, you know, to direct traffic or to provide inside security and I was going to have to be the one providing the scheduling. I felt like I, I needed to work this job just to kind of understand what the officers were going to be doing.
0: He comes home from the first Sunday that he works, and he says, I think you and Becca would like it. I said, all right. You come home the second Sunday, and he plays a song on the cell phone from worship, and Becca and I immediately start singing it. The third week you come home, you said, will you please go to church with me next week? At that point in time, I just wanted my family to have a church home. I wanted us to come together. Um, So this is the first time in our marriage that we go to church as a family, and I was all in.
1: I I think actually going and and hearing the the, the sermons and hearing the services, uh, it it just started to stir in me. The change that I started to feel in myself and feel and seeing my family, I, I just, I felt like there was a need for me to make that public. Uh, showing that, I, that there is a change going on and, and there is a desire to, I mean, just completely surrender to, to what God wants me to do and what God wants my family to do. It's gotta be my personal relationship with God. I mean, it's, that, that is the biggest difference, It's just having that personal connection. I think that if you just take a chance and things will start to stir in people. Uh, And and I think a lot of people are like that, is is maybe they come once or twice, but they they don't really give it a a shot. But but if you keep coming, you might have a chance to to have that great relationship with God. And it, it does make all the difference. I think if you open your heart just a little bit, God's right there. God will overwhelm you with His love. You just have to keep coming back.
0: Isn't that a great story? And so the invitation is, yes, to a Greg, to a Katie, to their daughter, Becca. And the invitation is to all of us. And we're gonna put the prayer back on the screen in a moment, we'll put it in front of you. And very aware that many of us here, 11 o'clock on Christmas Eve weekend, many of us have settled this with God and, and we're in relationship with him and it's all by the work of Jesus. And many others sitting here have not. There are some men who are a lot like Greg. You're kind of your own man. You're doing your own thing. You may or may not believe there might be this God thing, but he's distant. You might even come to church from time to time, a little more religious, but you've never humbled yourself. You don't surrender to God. It's a big deal to surrender and be forgiven and restored and have the gift of eternal life to be spiritually born again to come home. Dads, husbands, it's a tough thing for most of us men to humble ourselves and get right with God. But you can today. This is, he, He's done all the work for you. Wives, moms, single women, single men, teenagers, kids. I was nine years old when I settled my relationship with God. God made sense of it at nine. I've walked with mothers ever since. Best thing I ever did. I can't make the decision for you. It's not my role. But today we're going to invite you. And maybe God's been drawing you for many weeks or months. I don't know. But this is your moment. Christmas 2018, you come home. So let's put the prayer on the screen. And we're going to read that prayer together. We're all going to read it together. We're family. We're going to help each other. But for some of you, this really is your prayer, your moment, your coming home. You sense it right now in your soul, spiritually. This This is a significant, eternal moment for you. Well, good for you. Let's read it together, all of us, but for some of you, this is your prayer. So let's read it aloud, shall we? Everyone read it with me. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. I admit that I have gone my own way, but today I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me by the sacrifice of Jesus and change my heart. Give me the hope of eternal life, as today I come home to you. Thank you for this gift of Christmas help me to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 15 tells us in Jesus' recording the story that all of heaven rejoiced with even one. What does heaven do? Yeah, they celebrate. So welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to being transformed. Welcome from moving from death to life. You've come home we hope you have the merriest of Christmas because of God's love. For God is good and all the time. Have a blessed Christmas.